With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Will the Packers get redemption over the team that eliminated them from the playoffs last year, or will the Lions prove they are who the hype train says they are? We got a fun one tonight on Thursday Night Football, and a fun one right here as we welcome you into the Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. Also on the program today, professional handicapper Mike Somich, as well as VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where I'm broadcasting from, Mike Palm at the end of hour two. But Michael, we got a, a lot of game previews and headlines to touch on today. But I like this game that's kicking us off tonight. Packers and Lions. Who's going to be the early king of the North in the NFC? I mean, you got to love Lambeau Field. You got to love fall. You got to love the whole ambiance of it. You have to experience it. I mean, nothing says football like Lambeau Field, this fall, the weather. I'm excited for it. I really am. I think it'll be a great game. You know, we got to bust some kneecaps and see how we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and Lambo for sure is that's on my bucket list. I hope to get out there at some point uh, in my lifetime. But where things sit right now, an uncharacteristic underdog at Lambo in this series. And, and we know that for years and years with Brett Favre and with Aaron Rodgers, that is a very rare occurrence. But a new look team this year with Jordan Love leading the way. They're getting two points at home. The total 45. We've seen seven. 76% of the handle and bets on that road Lions team. Some money also coming in on the under. But let's take a look at some of these injuries first off, Michael, and just see how yeah. you feel this might impact things. We've seen some news. The Packers are going to get some reinforcements at the skill positions. Aaron Jones and Christian Watson both expected to go on the offensive line. No Bakhtiari once again. No Elgin Jenkins. Zach Tom is questionable up front as well. Um, and then defensively, it looks like Jair Alexander, they're going to take that one all the way up to game time. But those are the most notable injuries to update on the Packers side of things. You know, let's go back last year. They played two games. The Packers defense held this Lion team to 34 points total in those two games. They lost both games <clears throat> more because their offense turned the ball over, especially the one in Detroit. So they've played this team well. And, you know, when you look at Detroit, Montgomery may play tonight. There's talk that he's Mm -hmm. going to play the running back. Gibbs, surprisingly, for as little as he played, Gibbs leads all NFL rushers with 11 broken tackles. The second guy, Zach Moss, who really just played last week with 10. 
So we're seeing a team like if they get Montgomery and they get Gibbs. And the one thing we do know about the Packers, their inability to play great run defense. I mean, this ball will not be kicked off. It would have kicks off at 815. At 823, I'll get a text from Big Daddy telling me how bad the Packer defense is. <laughs> Immediately, that goes without saying. It just happens automatically. It's like it's it's like how you have twi- twi- tweets that go out where you don't have to worry about it. That's going to come. So I think it's a great just game. Just a scheduled text the, to you, Michael. Just the scheduled text. Oh, Love it. It's just it's perfect. But I think it'll be a great game because I think Love has proven that he's you know he's not perfect, but he makes a lot of plays. They're fourth in the league in, in, in points per play. And with getting Watson back to go with Dobbs and these young players they have in the skill position, I think they're going to challenge Detroit's secondary. Yeah, and obviously Aaron Jones, like such a key piece to what they do offensively. A lot of it really runs through him. But Christian Watson, I mean, you look at some of the wide receivers that that Jordan Love's had to throw the ball out to the the last couple weeks since the season started. A lot of no names in that group. And so to have Christian Watson, who we know is so dynamic at the back end of last year, back in the fold, I think will be huge for them. You mentioned David Montgomery on the Lions side. From all reports I've seen, he will play tonight. I know that there was the belief, like Tom Pelissero reported earlier today that he wouldn't. He had to walk that back with the information. He believes that he will. Left tackle Taylor Decker, who missed the last two games with an ankle. He's officially questionable. Questionable. Oh, man, tough word for me today. He is officially questionable, but is expected to play as well. Um, important for the, that front, especially considering Matt Nelson, Jonah Jackson, and Vitae are all questionable as well. Emmanuel Mosley on the defensive end expected not to be available tonight. Yeah. But Go ahead. Yeah, he hasn't played all year. Yeah. Yeah, he's been out all year. I think they were hopeful that they would get him back, but still it looks like a no in that spot. But let's go back to to Jordan Love, though, and potentially what he could do in this spot tonight with the weapons that he has back. Seven touchdowns, one interception so far. Mounted the comeback, obviously, last week to win their season, their um, home opener against the Saints last week. But the completion percentage I know has stuck out to a lot of people, Michael. 53.1% completion yeah. percentage, second to last in the NFL right now. Yeah, but look, where are they on third down? They're fifth in the league on third down, right? Where are they in the red zone? They're second in the league in the red zone. And so there are some bad plays. There's no question about it, right? There are some bad plays, but when you break the team down, I, I think – they're fourth in the league in points per play. I mean, they've done a good job of moving the football. You know, he throws for 245 last week and only had the first turn. They've had the, the team had the first turnover of their of the year. So I, I think, look, would you rather have them be 70% completion and throw for five yards a, a pass? Or would you rather actually have them get the ball down the field, mm-hmm. which is what he's been able to do? So, you know, the key is going to be the Packers have to play run defense against the Lions. The Lions want to run the football and play action pass. Last week, they held the Saints to 77 yards rushing. The week before, they're in control of that game against the Falcons, even though the Falcons had 211 yards rushing. But the Falcons would score 14 points in the fourth to beat them. So I think it'll be a great game. I really do. But the Packers have to play better run defense. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the key. They have not played good run defense all season. And they, they weren't good run defense last year, but they have a good handle on Ben Johnson and his offense. You held them to 24, 34 points last year. And one thing we know about Detroit so far this year, Stormy, they're, they're 12th in the league in points per play. Like they have not been, they're 15 in EPA offensively. They have not been as good as they were last year. They're 21st in third downs. 
they're not quite to the same level they were last year. Could it come along? Yeah, I think it could. But right now, after three weeks, it hasn't. When you talk about that Lions run game, we, we talk about Montgomery being back available tonight, but still coming off of that thigh bruise, not sure fully yeah. the effectiveness of him. What could that open up for Jameer Gibbs? Because I know his utilization was a little bit not fully to his caliber the first couple of weeks. They they weren't giving him all of the touches. Last week with Montgomery unavailable, he had, what, 80 yards, 17 carries. Now with the two of them back out there, how do you think that'll impact Gibbs' production specifically? Mm. Well, I think it all depends on where Montgomery is, if he's 100%. I mean, they got to get Gibbs the ball. So Gibbs has got 31 attempts on the season for 139 yards. Montgomery's got 37 for a buck 41. You know, so it just tells you right there that the guy's more explosive. Gibbs has six first downs in those 31 attempts, whereas Montgomery's got seven in his, in his 37. So they've got to get him more involved. But I think really where they want to get him more involved is in the passing game. He's had 13 targets for 10 yards. He's averaged 5-9 a catch. That number needs to go up to 7 or 8 mm-hmm. to really be effective. To, and I think that's what they want to do. They want to use Montgomery in the Williams role as the banger, and they want to use and they want to use Gibbs in the Kamara role as the shifty receiver type guy, which will really enhance their offense. So, look, I, I think there's no doubt we're going to see a lot of them tonight. And the key is going to be, can they protect, right? Yep. They're going to have to protect Goff because we know this about Goff. If you get to him early, you got a better chance. But if he's back there in a play-action pass game, he is very comfortable throwing the football. Yeah, and he's been good to start the season. Top six passing yards in the NFL right now. And with the way that the Lions had success the back end of this se- last season bleeding into this year, he's 10-3 and three his last 13 starts with 22 touchdowns, three interceptions. It's been a really good stretch dating back to the end of last season for Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday, Michael, when we were on the show, we did that little is the trend your friend segment. And I have a couple more yeah. trends I want to throw oh, you your way for me. Oh, oh, okay. oh yes. yeah. Because I, I know you didn't like the 16 and four ATS as an underdog under Matt LaFleur for the Packers because of how much of that was with Aaron Rodgers. Was, so we've right. got some well, other sense, stuff, right? Exactly. Yes. But I mean, three and oh, ATS as an underdog to start this season. So we do have that mm-hmm. in our back pocket there with Green Bay. But right. there's a lot actually that favors the Lions in this spot. The Lions have covered 10 straight division games tied for the second longest divisional cover streak in the Super Bowl era. Wow. They're also 10 and 2 ATS against the Packers since 2017 and have won three straight outright that we talked about in the series so far. So a lot of things kind of trend toward the Lions. Is the trend your friend? If you had to have a lean or a decision on this game based on the two point spread right now, would you say yes or no? I would probably say no. I would. I, I like the Packers. I like okay. the home team here. But I, I, this this has got me a little worried here, especially since they're eight, ten and two against the spread against the Packers since seventeen, which includes Rodgers and also mm-hmm. includes some bad Detroit teams. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that has me a little worried. Uh, you know, I don't really, I don't like, I never give out this team as a play, but I think to me that would be one of those where, you know, uh, I mean, I just think the Packers know how to play them. Yeah. And when they held them to 34 points, last year they got no help from their offense. And it's a short week, you know. But look, I've seen the Lions go up there with Matthew Stafford. I mean, a lot of those numbers in the 17 are with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. He's been pretty good up there. Yeah, it's it's it got me thinking, especially after we were talking with Harry Gagnon on the program yesterday, and he liked the Lions, and I was kind of playing devil's advocate with the Packers. I've gone back and forth on it over the last 24 hours. I haven't 
placed a bet on this game yet for the side. I, mm-hmm. I, I might wait closer to game time, see where things end and see if I want to get in on a live betting perspective. But just knowing the weapons that Jordan Love is going to have at his disposal that he largely hasn't, especially Christian Watson and maybe targeting yeah. him on some of those deep balls. <sighs> I, I feel like the Packers are the side I want to go, especially if this number grows. But it's a, it's a tough game. And this is a really, really important game in the division, Michael, because these are looking like the two top dogs. Yeah, no question. And, and you know, and, and you got to hold home field advantage in this. You really have to. You have to be able to do that. And I think that's going to be the critical part of this. And, and I think, you know, this is where Detroit really, it really is going to come down to. Can they play good enough on defense? I mean, they can, can they stop the run? That's going to be the key. Yes, it will. And something we'll certainly keep an eye on. We'll look at maybe some prop angles a little bit later on the show as well. But for now, as we turn the page, there's lots of headlines around the National Football League. Is it news or noise? We'll have Michael break it all down when we return. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Put the VSEN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with a VSEN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 40% off our football season special when you use the promo code Lombardi. Get access to everything we do this football season, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand, betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember, you got to use that promo code Lombardi. That'll save you 40% when you sign up on our football season special. You can do so today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? All right, Michael. 
Michael, lots of headlines and snippets from press conferences, and we need your help to sift through it all. We're going to start in Chicago because perhaps no team has had a rougher start to the 2023 season than the Bears, eh, maybe with the exception of the Broncos this past week. But I think we can all agree the spread this week is very indicative of how things have looked so far for the Chicago Bears. Head coach Matt Eberflus, yet still believes that his team is ready to turn the corner. Quote, I think we're real close. I really do. I know a lot of people say it's far away. I don't believe that. I think we're close and I've seen it before. News or noise, Michael? Well, I I think he has to say that. It's not news. I think it's noise because he has to say it. What's he going to say? You know, he's trying to pump up his team. You know, he's the 31st ranked defense in terms of points allowed. He's 29th in yards allowed. He's 27th on offense. He's 29th on defense, on, on, on yards offensively. I mean, what can he hang his hat on, right? Like, he's got he's to try to. Here's his problem, Stormy. Once something goes wrong, how do they react? If it's going good, they'll build some momentum. But once it goes bad, then all of a sudden, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Here it goes. Same old stuff again. And it's mm-hmm. only week four. Yep. So I think it's noise, but he has to say it. I keep going back to all of our conversation this offseason, especially because the, earlier this morning, Michael, I was asked if the Bears yeah. should move on next year from Justin Fields and try to get Caleb Williams <laughs> in the draft. And I was like... It's so funny that this is a conversation now after three weeks when this is all we were talking about on the Lombardi line this offseason. And people were trying to make the excuses for the wow plays and that that the he could take that Jalen Hurts Hurts lead. I blame Jalen Hurts for a lot of this, Michael, because they he led people (laughs) to believe he led people to believe that that could happen for Justin Fields. And it set him up for failure. Well, you know, it's because people want to believe what they want to believe. It's like I do interviews here in Philadelphia, you know, and all they want me to do is tell them they're going to the Super Bowl. They just want to believe what they want to believe. And they wanted to believe that Justin Fields, nobody wanted to look at the evidence. It's like, did you notice on Twitter yesterday that Ben Roethlisberger and Jerome Bettis were complaining about the Patriots cheating? And they went through this whole dissertation about this play. And then when they broke down the play... It was all, everything they said in that conversation was completely wrong. It was completely <laughs> wrong. People believe what they want to believe. They do. In, in spite of the evidence and the, they don't want to look at it. Yep. I mean, how many times did we talk about how, you know, look at his QBR. Remember that one day I came in here and said, I watched the last games. His, I don't care what his QBR said. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. But people want to believe what they want to believe. You can't change their mind. How do the, the, our big question all summer long, how do the Texans need a quarterback? They are desperate for a quarterback in this year's draft, yet the Bears don't. And now we're seeing the evidence that clearly they do, and it's not working out. Uh, Another quarterback situation in flux out there with the New York Jets. We've talked a lot about the Zach Wilson of it all, but how about this? Rapper J. Cole releasing a letter from Colin Kaepernick earlier this week that he sent one to Joe Douglas asking if New York would consider signing him to the practice squad. Kaepernick says his training schedule has remained the same for six years and that he is not done with football. Quote from the letter, worst case scenario, you see what I have to offer and you're not that impressed. Best case scenario, you realize you have a real weapon at your disposal in the event you ever Mm. need to use it. News or noise, Michael? It's noise. I mean, the window's closed on him. I mean, that's just what it is. You know, it's it's not because of who he is. It's because he's older, his age. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you're a 49er fan. I saw the last game he played at. I think it was 2016. Yep. It was in Los Angeles. And the 49ers had that great comeback to beat the Rams late in the game. Right? That was the last time he played. I mean, you're talking about seven years ago. Deshaun Watson hasn't played in in 14 months and he looked Mm -hmm. bad. Come on now. It's noise. Yeah, being in shape and being in football-ready shape are two completely different things. He's 35 years old, hasn't played a football game since 2016. And you see a lot of comments from, like, famous people. I hope he gets a chance. And, I mean, he did have a workout with the Raiders, what, last year or a year and a half ago or so now? And that didn't end up working out because they wanted to see what they had with the talent already in that room. And so I think I agree with you. The window is closed. It's just noise. I feel like he still continues to claim the political bias side of it. But at this point, we've just moved so far on that it's not a thing anymore. Let's move forward. Ezekiel Elliott and the New England Patriots getting set to face his former team in Dallas for the first time this weekend. And with that, Cowboys offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer told reporters ahead of the game, we know Will, meaning Will Greer, who was also previously, um, knows where a lot of the bones are buried. Zeke does as well. So those things you talk about and you think, okay, let's adjust this. We certainly have more than one hand signal for most of our core concepts. News or noise? Uh, it's noise because, uh, look, every team has players from another team, right? And and so, you know, you you always change your signals, especially when you're playing against a team that has maybe some of your ec- – I mean, Brendan Cooks knows the calls for the Patriots. Nobody's right. mentioned that. I mean, nobody's talked about that. Stephon Gilmore knows every defensive call. He knows what 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 field blitz is. He knows, he knows everything. He knows so, like, why is – why is that? And then all of a sudden it's on the other thing. It's just noise. It's what it is. It's people talking. I feel like especially with all the turnover in the NFL, this is an occurrence every week in some capacity, yeah, I feel I mean, like. We're getting it every day. Exactly. Yeah. The Cowboys, by the way, a six and a half point home favorite in this spot, taking on the Patriots Sunday afternoon. How about Sean McVay and the Rams hoping to get their injured wide receiver, Cooper Cup, back for week five, potentially? He's missed the, fir- the, the first three games of the season with that hamstring, eligible to return from IR after this coming week's game against the Colts. But McVay said, quote, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves by saying Cup will be able to play week five, but he's ramping up his workload. News or noise, ramping up his workload. Uh, That's, you know, I don't know what that means. What do you think that means? How do you ramp, you know, like I was just going to say, I, I think it is what it sounds like, that he's just been rehabbing and trying to get back to form as best he can. I don't really take a whole lot away from that personally. Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, everybody's ramping up their, their workload, exactly. aren't they? I mean, like, so, like, I, I don't know if, you know, it's like, can he come back and play at the same level that he played before? And, you know, sure, they want him back. But remember, it was just a hamstring. This, uh, with the way that that, that unit has looked, Michael, with, with Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and the success that they have had, it, it hasn't felt like Cooper Cup's absence has been nearly as significant as we all believed it would be. And like, I, I covered yeah. a lot of Puka Nakua when he was in college and I, I knew he was good. I didn't know that he was going to be utilized to this extent, not even close. Well, I think, I think that's a great, great point you make there, right? A lot of the times, and, and I say this all the time, and I'm not diminishing the receiver, but a lot of the time, the play gets the, the receiver open. Is it the player or the play? Mm-hmm. And in McVay's offense, a lot of it is the play. 
because he highlights the receiver with his motion, with the ability to rub and create separation. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's having this kind of day. Now, when they can't pass protect, he doesn't have that day. When they don't really, you know, they ran 13 times against Cincinnati last week. They can't do that. So for me, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it surprises me that, you know, he, he's got these incredible hands, which is no mm-hmm. doubt. But the one thing about the Ram, they do a good job of fitting the player into the scheme. So, yeah, I, I mean, Cup's a good player. He really is. There are people out there think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. If you look at his numbers, it's not close. He's had two great – he's had one historical one year. Yep. He's had one Hall of Fame year. But that doesn't make a Hall of Fame career. Yep, and we've dug into that a few times. That one season skews, I think, a lot of the viewpoint that we have on Cooper Cup throughout his career. Uh, the Rams, as far as this week go, it's a pick game in Indy against the Colts. They're a one-point favorite, depending on the books that you look at. One more last 30 seconds, Michael. Taylor Swift Are you t- apparently is going to be in attendance at the Jets game that's this no- week. That's news. Now, that's news. <laughs> you got to know. Anything that says Taylor Swift, you got to associate with news. Who are you taking? You taking the Rams or the Colts? I would say this. If you're interested in that game, make sure the Rams left tackles playing because you do not want to go down that road with the backup. We saw when he went down in the third quarter how drastically different the offense looked after that. Matt Stafford took a bit of a beating that game as well. I don't have an opinion just yet on where I might go there, but good to note for anybody out there, Anthony Richardson back practicing yesterday as he looks to return from the concussion protocol. We're going to step aside, dive into some more week four NFL games with professional handicapper Mike Somich coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It is a tool, though, to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly a billion dollars in bets from sports bettors all around the country. Use that data to follow the winners, fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice, Real R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better, better. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you back here on the Lombardi line. And for just the third time in the last 30 years, the Lions are favored at Lambeau Field tonight. A Thursday night football game coming up this evening to help us dissect this game and more on the NFL card for week four. We bring in great friend of the show, professional handicapper Mike Somich, also VEASAN host for us of the handle every weekend, four to seven Pacific, seven to 10 Eastern. Welcome in, Mike. How are you? Doing great, Stormy. Doing great, Michael. Looking forward to this one. I actually love the NFL slate this week. Last week was a little tough. A lot of big spreads. I think this week's a great betting week. Do you really? This one's a hard week for me for some reason. (laughs) My numbers are kind of come back to the pack a little bit. I mean, I I feel like there's, there's not as much that you would think of, but there's some that like, I really like Cleveland. I know you do too, but I'm nervous about Baltimore and Lamar covering. I think there's a lot of uncertainty, but tell us why you like Cleveland. Well, Cleveland to me is one of those teams where I think that the market hasn't fully adjusted to the injuries we've seen from Baltimore because Baltimore has played well the last couple weeks. 
Uh, right now, we're laying just two and a half with Cleveland. Matt and I talked about this when we both laid one and a half on Sunday when the opener came out. I think this is going to end up closing at three or three and a half. This Cleveland Browns defense has to be one of the stories of the year. They have been phenomenal so far. And some of the stats that you're getting out of these three games are absolutely mind blowing. They haven't given up 10 first downs yet in a game. That is just wild three games into a season. On top of that, they've allowed one play inside the red zone so far on the defensive side. It was after a turnover. And they got a loss of three to move them outside the red zone last week. So only one snap allowed inside the red zone. This defense is operating at a different level. Baltimore still banged up on the offensive line. We saw Lamar put his cape on, put this team on his back against Cincinnati, be able to get the win in the cover again that game. Try to do the same thing against Indianapolis, but they keep getting banged up. They're banged up at the running back position, banged up at the wider, wide receiver position, have multiple offensive line injuries, are banged up in the secondary. And this Cleveland team kind of keeps rolling. The other thing I love about this is the adjustment Cleveland made once Chubb was out. We saw them go to more shotgun passes, more of the passes that Deshaun Watson is comfortable with and what we saw him, him run in Houston. We saw Deshaun's best game as a Brown last week. I think he's able to build off it this week. I think Cleveland is, is the right side here. Yeah, it seemed like Deshaun Watson got a little bit of his, his mojo back a little bit. And I know that Cleveland Browns fans and everybody in that organization wants so badly for him to turn into the guy that he once was with the Houston Texans. And to your point, that defense has looked elite. What Michael was referencing with Lamar Jackson uh, in terms of some of his numbers, it's the underdog ATS record is ridiculous for him. 11-1-1 ATS is a dog. 9-4 and four outright, the best cover percentage and winning percentage for a quarterback that's got more than 10 starts in that situation. So I, I you said put the the cape on every now and then Lamar Jackson can do. So I, I've steered away from this from right now, but at least like you're saying, the the money has certainly favored your thought process here, taking a little bit on Cleveland. You got the two and a half. We now see that three. Let's go to tonight though in the Thursday night football matchup. I, I joked with Michael earlier, we're going to see who's going to be the early king of the North in the NFC North with these two teams, the Lions and Green Bay Packers going head to head. Lions, a two point favorite, total 45 and a half. How are you looking at it? I love this game, too. I'm excited to bet this one. I have like four or five bets in my account already, so we'll rip through some of those. First off, the best look here to me is the under 45 and a half. You've got multiple offensive linemen banged up on both sides of the football. I think that's going to trend toward the under. We're going to see Detroit run the ball quite a bit. And interesting stat from the Detroit perspective, last year, number one offense at home, 33 points per game. They only had 19 points per game on the road. So when you take them outside of Ford Field, not nearly as efficient of an offense, especially when they get on grass, which is what we're going to see from Green Bay. I've liked what I've seen from Greens Bay's defense so far this year. Outside of kind of a, a really aggressiveness lapse in the fourth quarter against Atlanta when they went into prevent way too early, this has been one of the better defensive units in the NFL. I think they're able to keep that up. Obviously, I would love Zaire Alexander to be in this game. He's going to be one of those that I'm going to be watching up to the game time as he's still questionable on the injury report. But I still like the under here. I have the Detroit team total under at 23 and a half as well. I think that floats toward the under. Green Bay is going to want to run the football quite a bit. Getting Aaron Jones back is going to be a help for them. I don't see this being this high paced, fast shootout type game. That's what you're going to need to get to that 45 and a half total. So I love the under here. Love the Detroit team total under 23 and a half. I think this is a great spot to get in on the Packers, specifically with teasers here. They're sitting at plus two right now. So you can move them up to plus eight in a six-point teaser. Love the other side of that with Philadelphia against Washington. You can take them down to minus two. So I like a two-team teaser, Packers plus eight with the Philadelphia Eagles, minus two. I think that's a great spot. Make sure you're shopping for minus 120 on those teasers. A lot of places have gone to minus 130 because they've been beaten by these teasers the last couple of years. But there's still a few places that are out there that are offering minus 120. So make sure you shop that teaser price. 
And lastly, I've got a Packers money line bet here. I think the Packers are just the right mm. side. I love the fact that they held out Aaron Jones and Christian Watson last game, still able to get the win. That tells me that they were expecting to have them back for this Thursday game, which means they've been game planning with a healthy offense for the full week. I understand you've got the offensive line issues. Bakhtiari doesn't look like he's going to play. We got two offensive linemen out, but the backup for Bakhtiari actually graded out as the highest pass blocker per, per PFF for, uh, for the uh, Green Bay Packers last week. So I do think that you've got some, some depth on that offensive line that should be able to help out Green Bay in this spot. And Atlanta is banged up in the secondary. People aren't talking about this enough. You've got multiple secondary pieces that are questionable heading into this game. CJ GJ is out for this game. I think the Packers are going to have some success through the air and have more success through the ground here. So I, I think this is Packers in the under tonight. I like the Packers, too. I think the Packers will throw the ball on the secondary. If they can block them, and I agree with you, everybody makes Bakari. I mean, they should have they've won two, they, they should have beat Atlanta without them, and they, and they won last week without them, and New Orleans can rush the passer. The game I like that you picked, I, I like the Giants, too. I was on McAfee a little earlier, and, I, and that was one of my plays. I like the Giants. I think they bounced back with Andrew Thomas. What do you think? I think it's a great spot for him. I mean, if we went into week three and I told you the Giants were one and two with losses to Dallas and San Francisco, you've been like, yep, that sounds about right. Probably not going to downgrade them all that much. But they've got downgraded in this market by two to three points because of how they lost those games. But if you look back at that, that Cowboys game, that was never a good spot for him. It's a Cowboys team that has owned the Giants through the years. They had to play in a monsoon. That offensive line just couldn't hold up with the injuries. When you look at that San Francisco game, four days rest. No, they don't have they don't have Barkley in the backfield. Again, a bad matchup for that offensive line, considering the defensive rush. And, you know, three weeks into this season, I'd say that comeback win versus Arizona actually looks a lot better than it did when it happened. So I think the Giants are set up here for to be able to come out with 10 days rest, have a very good performance. I feel like I have a huge edge on the coaching side. I don't think we've really seen what this Giants team is yet. They have not been able to play a complete game because of the opponents they faced in the lackluster first half we saw in Arizona. But if this Giants team comes back and looks like the Giants team that I think we expected to see in the preseason and the Giants team we saw second half against Arizona, I think they have the better team than Seattle has here. On top of that, I don't like these West Coast teams flying to the East Coast to play an 815 start time game. It, to me, it just kind of messes with your clock a little bit. I think all the advantages here are on the Giants side of the ball. And I love the 10 days rest with this coaching staff able to come in and game plan. So I took the Giants here. I was hoping we'd get plus three. This actually opened as Seattle minus one and a half. I hope that there'd be Seattle money floating in. But it, it looks like the markets agreed with me here and the Giants are the right side. So I'll, I'll take the Giants minus one. And if it ever does flip and we get plus one and a half, I think this is another great teaser Like if you can move the Giants up to seven and a half. And still plenty of time, too, because that game is, of course, coming up on Monday night. So we'll see most of those bets flood in later on. One more I want to get to here. We talked about what the Browns did, the damage that they caused against the Tennessee Titans this past week. They've got the Bengals now coming up this weekend, a Cincinnati team that got their first win but didn't necessarily get right just yet, still trying to figure things out with the injured Joe Burrow at quarterback. You like Cincinnati in this spot. Why? Because they're laying less than a field goal. I mean, to me, this is just a better Bengals team than the Tennessee Titans. And I've been low on the Titans all year, so I'm not surprised this is one that I ended up on. I made this line four and a half with a 80% burrow, and that's kind of what I'm expecting we're getting. He's not really able to move outside the pocket, but I was impressed with what they were able to do from a game planning perspective against the Rams to switch up the style of routes they were running. They didn't have Burrow press the ball down the field nearly as much as you saw when he was able to get out of the pocket. They were still able to feed Jamar Chase. Higgins had an awful game. If Higgins catches a couple of those balls, that's not a three-point game against the Rams. And it was kind of a faulty final anyway because of that late touchdown the Rams got to push or cover or lose anyway, depending on what number you got because this one floated around so much. 
This Titans team is a mess. Ryan Tannehill is nowhere near what we expected him to be. He, he's clearly regressed this year. Henry does not look like the same running back in the backfield. The weapons on the outside are just not very good. Now we're seeing Hopkins is questionable for this game. The defensive secondary is atrocious. This is a great matchup here for Cincinnati. I was expecting to lay over a field goal. If they're laying under a field goal, this is just one of those games I have to take. Yeah, I took the points with Tennessee last week and I regretted it. So maybe <laughs> I should follow your lead here. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. You Thank got you, it. Mike. Have a great week four, guys. You too. Uh, that's Mike Samage at Samabomb18 on X. Make sure you check out the handle every weekend. He and Matt Brown going over all of the latest 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to step aside. But when we come back, Michael's going to answer the question, how good are the Miami Dolphins? Our article writing spotlight coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up using the code VEGAS. New customers bet just 5 bucks and get $200 instantly back in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use the code VEGAS. The crown is yours. Back here on the Lombardi line, it's time for our writing spotlight. Michael, you have a great article up on vcin.com right now, breaking down the Miami Dolphins with the question, how good are the Miami Dolphins? And with that, we've seen some good social media traffic, specifically looking at one line. So I'm going to read it to you. Read and react here. Miami is a solid team, but not a 70 point team, nor are they good enough on defense to be invincible, which I don't think anybody can really argue with, but they are. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, Michael. Well, I mean, look, you know, everybody wants to crown a champion in September. I think what McDaniels has done offensively, 
what he has created with this outside zone run play to allow the pocket to be clean for Tua, who struggles if anybody's in front of him. I mean, let's face it. If he's got people in front of him, it's a problem. But if he doesn't, it's pretty good. And these receivers are great. I mean, let's face it. You know, Tyreek Hill should be the MVP of the league. I mean, he changes, he tilts the field. Nobody can cover him. Nobody can run with him. It goes on and on. So... For me, what I was trying to point out in the column is, look, they're really good. They've changed offensively. They've done some things. I thought they would be better defensively. Now, they lose their best corner, obviously, Jalen Ramsey. Xavier Howard has been penalized four times already this year for pass interference and more is coming. And their pass rush, Van Winkle has been able to get more pressure than actually Bradley Chubb, who's somewhat unknown. I mean, he is nowhere to be found. So people can move the football on him. The problem is, like Philadelphia last year, when you play from in front all the time, it's hard. It's hard for the opponent to really make plays. And so I think to me, that's kind of where I was coming from from this. And, you know, people, they want you to they want you to tell them how good they are all the time. Right. They want you to say, oh, my God, this is great. But the reality of it is, is, you you know, not everybody is great. Yeah. And I think we saw especially that first game of the season that their defense isn't invincible and probably missing the fact that you can't have a guy like Jalen Ramsey out there on the field with you, with him getting injured before the season even started. But as for the comment about the offense, not being a 70 point team, can we all just remember for a second? Like, yes, this offense is masterful. And like we were talking in the commercial break about how Mike McDaniels put the Rue back in guru with the run game and what they've been able to do. But for as good as they are, that 70 point performance was the most points in a game since what was it like 66 we as we go back historically so that's of course they're not a 70 point team no one is they're a very very good offense one point that you made there you said uh, that Tyreek Hill should be the MVP is that a St. Jude's play knowing that there's never been a wide receiver that's won it he's sitting 50 to 1 right now and we know that I mean, Cooper Cup won a triple crown a couple years ago, and he didn't end up winning the MVP. He was Offensive Player of the Year, but didn't get this honor. How do you view it? Is it a St. Jude's play? Well, we should just call it the quarterback award then if we don't, because the guy changes the game. I mean, he truly changes the game. Cooper Cup didn't change the game. He executed the game. It's a difference. This guy changed the game. You take this guy out. If this guy's out for two weeks with a concussion, this offense isn't going to be the same look. It's just not. Defenses are going to play you differently. The run game's going to get harder. Nobody's worried about getting the ball thrown. You think people are going to the stadium worried about Barrios beating them? Of course they're not. And they're worried about this guy. He tilts the field. You know, here's the thing that's funny. You try to give a team a compliment. A team that basically could easily be two and one, Stormy. I mean, think about it. They could be two and one. I mean, if the, if the Chargers execute a two-minute drive at the end of that game and kick a field goal, they're going to win the game, right? They're going to win that game. They were a three-point dog in Los Angeles. Remember that? I do because I like Miami in the game, in the three. But I thought it was headed for a push or at least an overtime because I thought they would come down and score. They moved the ball the whole day. So, like, you know, I mean, look, that one game, let's not overreact. I think they're great. But I do know Belichick held them to 24 points. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're going to go against an offense that might be able to score more than 24 points. So, like, they want to be able to get challenged. I think it'll be a great lesson. Now, look, if they win in Buffalo this weekend, you might as well just get prepared for giving them the Super Bowl. I mean, do you know what that, you know what Monday morning is going to be like? (laughs) 
As if the odds haven't already come down enough on the Miami Dolphins to to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. And so, especially given, I think, the historic context and how many of these matchups the Dolphins have lost to the Bills, I think that all adds into it, too. Like, Buffalo has won nine of the last ten meetings in this set. Tua is only one in four, oh, and three in Orchard Park in this set. Um, we do know how close, obviously, all three matchups were last season. All were decided by a field goal or fewer. So I think this spread is probably right on right on par with where you would imagine it to be. But let's talk about a little bit this game, Michael, and the way that Buffalo's defense has performed lately. Last week, granted, it's against a commander's team that hasn't looked incredible. Um, They had nine sacks on the quarterback. They had four interceptions. A lot of that was situational. Uh, How do you think that that defense is going to stack up with the scheme and creativity of Miami's offense? Well, I I think this, I think that the, the Miami, when they play from in front and they control the pace of the game, like they have, they're very dangerous, but if they're going to get, you're going to have to match them. You're not going to win this game. 17, 13. And Buffalo's execution offensively has been really good. And if you go back to 2020 when Buffalo played Denver, when 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 Vic Fangio was the head coach of the Broncos, I mean, Buffalo had 500-plus yards of offense against Vic Vince scheme. So they have an idea about how to attack Vic. Now, I think Buffalo has played really good offensively the last two weeks. And their offensive line will get challenged this week, even though they're playing at home. And Josh Allen will get challenged because I think what Josh Allen has to do is continue to play within the framework of their team. Continue to be the guy who distributes the ball. Continue to be the point guard. And if he does that, this is going to be, they're going to be a really good team and they can match points. And it's going to come down to, like most football games, the fourth quarter and who's turning the ball over. And that's really what it is. But, you know, Miami's not going to beat Buffalo by 70. I just, I hate to break the news to you. (laughs) And to your point, Josh Allen has looked significantly different than he did that opening game where you had the four turnovers and you were wondering, what are we getting ourselves into? And that just goes to show the overreaction that we have to week one sometimes, because the way that that team has performed as a cumulative group, the last two weeks has been very impressive. I was just looking at the odds movement from Miami, Michael 25 to one to start the season to win the Super Bowl, then 12 to one. Now we see nine to one. They're an odds on minus one sixty favorite to win the division right now is the only three and team, but an yeah. odds-on number for Miami already. Uh, well, and it's get ready to go down. Get ready to go down. There's two things that are going to happen on Monday. It's going way down, or people are going to see, see, I, we're going to get a see, I told you so. <laughs> right? We're going to get see, I told you so. Right? And, and that's going to be the issue. But I think really when you look at this, uh, you know, when you look at this game, this will be a back and forth. And McDermott's a really good defense coordinator. In three games with against Tyreek Hill, he's held him to 18 catches for 170 yards. I think the key to this game is James Cook because I think you've got to be able to run the ball like the Chargers did against them. you got to control each some of this clock up, and you've got to be really good red zone. Like the Chargers exchanged a couple touches for field goals and sort of had touchdowns. That really helped. But they moved the ball on them, and I think Buffalo will move the ball on them because they're going to attack this secondary. So because with, with Howard being their best corner, he's not very he's not good enough to be the best corner. Like they're not going to be able to take digs out of the game. I agree. So with that though, when you look at this total and see the number at 54, does that make you think that like both teams are going to be able to get at least some of theirs offensively to go over that number? I know it's a high total, highest of the on the board this week. What do you think about it? I I, I mean, 
you know, when you're looking at a 30-24 game, that's 54. Could this be 31-27? Yeah, I think it could be. But again, I think if you're playing this team the right way, you got to you got to you got to say, look, we got to get possessions have to come down. It's got to be a ten possession game, nine possessions. You want those possessions, and if you're nine possession game, you're probably looking at an under. The very last sentence that you had in your article this week was talking about this matchup and said, truly, if they do win this game, I know we were joking about how much the number will come down, but they will be finally considered a true contender with the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC. And I think that's that's a really telling point that we're this early in the season and there are already these subtle hints about teams that if they stay healthy, it's it's that obvious that they could really take the step that they are. Okay. Yeah. We have to take a quick break here on the Lombardi line. Boy, did our one go by fast, Michael. But I wow. mean, that's what happens when you're having fun. What can we say? Um, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we will revisit Thursday night football. Make sure everybody at home that you have the updates you need as far as the injuries go for the Packers and Lions. Lots more still to come, including no way or no doubt in our two, as well as our special guest, Mike Palm, every Thursday. Palm's pressing three. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 